This episode of Back to the Point is brought to you by the Shield Center for Innovation. Check it out at bchigh.edu slash innovation. Uh, and this is the newest thought center at BCI. It's really cool. Uh, it's focused on developing the next generation of innovators. Um, and what, one of the things that I love about it is, uh, you know, obviously it's there to, to serve the students at BC High, but it's also there to serve uh, folks outside of uh, the BC High community. You know, earlier this year, they had a couple programs that were focused on, you know, kind of having conversations around the state of innovation and what, you know, what we can all do to kind of encourage and develop the next generation of innovators. Governor Baker spoke at the one in February with among, you know, kind of a whole list of incredible guests. And then the other one, there was uh, just equally impressive guest list, you know, of folks who came and gave their time and spoke. So it's, it's, a, it's really cool what they're doing. Uh, they're going to have more stuff rolling out uh, coming up. So keep an eye out for announcements around that. And again, the website is uh, bchigh.edu slash innovation. Check it out. This episode of Back to the Point is also brought to you by the BC High Golf Tournament, which is going to take place on Monday, May 17th at Wallace & Country Club. Right now, uh, the list is at capacity because... Um, Wollaston is, you know, kind of restricted in terms of capacity because of COVID and things like that. But um, everybody's, you know, hopeful, fingers crossed, hopeful that they'll be able to open that up before uh, before the tournament. So keep an eye out for that. I played in the tournament before. It's a, it's a great day. It's a great event. It's great to play at Wollaston. Uh, it's fun to come out and reconnect with guys and support the school. Uh, so... BC High Golf Tournament, Monday, May 17th. Keep your eye out for announcements around opening up the capacity. This episode of Back to the Point is also brought to you by the Alumni Advisory Council. Um, and in particular, they're upcoming, and I'm, I think I'm breaking some news here, but they have an upcoming Lunch and Learn series, which is going to feature 50-minute bite-sized. If you get it, you know, the lunch, bite-sized. You come here for the jokes, I know you do. So uh, 50 minute kind of mini sessions with industry leaders in cybersecurity or artificial intelligence, real estate and development, the list goes on. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. Uh, I'm planning on joining as many of them as possible. So keep an eye out for uh, announcements on that from the Alumni Advisory Council. Uh, it's gonna be great. All right, today on the pod we have June Maddie, who is uh, a sister to a former member of the class of 1961, a parent to members of the class of 2015 and 2017, and she's uh, one of our newest uh, trustees on sitting on the board. Um, and she took time out of her schedule, which we are so grateful to her for, uh, to share some of her BC High story, talk a little bit about some of her personal and professional experiences, and also chat with us a little bit about what she's hoping to bring to the board of trustees and what she kind of sees as the future of higher education, you know, obviously in a period of a little bit of uh, transition right now. So she talks a little bit about that. It was, it was a great conversation. I, I really enjoyed talking to her and um, I hope you do too. Here we go. June Maddie.
Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Back to the Point. I'm your host, Rick Goulding, from BC High's class of 2004, and I'm joined on this lovely Friday morning uh, by June Maddy, who is Managing Director at PFM Financial Advisors. She's a parent of, uh, of members of the classes of 2015 and 2017. Uh, she is the brother to a member of the class of 1969, and she is one of our newly minted trustees. Uh, so we are very lucky to have her this morning. I'm excited to talk to her. June, how are you today? I'm, I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's a beautiful, warm morning. So and <laughs> the end of feeling like the end of the lockdown is near. So I think we're all we're all good. Yes. Yeah. A little bit of a little bit of spring light, if you exactly. will. Exactly. Yeah. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, June, this, this morning, I'd like to kind of work through this somewhat chronologically, and um, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about some of your earliest kind of in, interactions uh, and introduction to, to the school, to BC High. I know that your brother was a class of, uh, was a member of the class of 1969. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, some of your earliest memories of the school, whether it was through him or otherwise, and what it was like kind of growing up with him and, and uh, as, as, a, as a student here? Sure. So um, I was the youngest and, and he was the oldest and, and I had a middle brother as well. And, um, you know, Jack sort of took off and you have to understand that, you know, BC High in the late 60s, we, we lived on the South Shore. Um, the red line didn't quite make it to where it does today. So it was always a little bit of, a, you know, an adventure to get to and from school. I used to ride in with my dad but he would often take the bus to Ashmont and then they would hitchhike home or they would, they would start from the boulevard. And it was, you know, he very rarely did it by himself, but it was not unusual to see BC high boys bumming a ride, you know, from some guy working at the globe, you know, home to the South shore. So that was always, to me, that was, you know, that was pretty special. Um, I do remember the days of, you know, the urban lore of selling tickets to the um, rooftop swimming pool on Walsh. That was uh, that was a big adventure, but yeah, and you know there were a bunch of kids that um, that he um, that we went to grade school with who ended up going to BC High, so they were kind of a brotherhood, and um, so it, it was it was always kind of part of part of our family anyway. I gotcha, I gotcha, and where, where, just out of curiosity, where were you on the South Shore? What town did you grow up? In? Uh, Weymouth. You grew up in Weymouth. Okay, yeah. great. So, yeah. so I'm a situate guy. Oh, oh, one of those kids, yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, um, and I ended up, you know, going to uh, Notre Dame Academy. So I, lots of lots of friends from that part of the world. So. I gotcha. I gotcha. Very cool. And, and uh, you know, to be honest, you know, later on, um, you know, and I guess it, it still is. But, you know, BC High was a big focus um, if you were a girl at Notre Dame Academy because there weren't like a lot of other boys schools. So um, I actually, as I recall, I went to the junior prom with a kid from BC High. All right. <laughs> there we go. Many months ago. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so you were introduced to the school early on, and then mm-hmm. um, later on, uh, when you be, when you became a mother and you, and you had some kids, um, mm-hmm. it, it you you obviously um, chose BC High for for two of them. Um, what you know. What was your thinking behind that? How did you kind of come? Well, to- it, it, it was interesting because it was really, I, I give, you know, most of the credit to my brother. So he was a guy, you know, who, who lived a pretty modest life, um, but always was attached to BC High. So, you know, always, you know, 
through uh, you know a couple dollars in the bin every year and you know kept in touch. And I can remember the day that he called. Um, our kids, our two boys, were in school up at Mount Alvernia Academy up in Chestnut Hill, and um, you know we live in Back Bay. And he called up and he said, "I've got it sorted." You know, it's like BC High is open in the seventh grade. <laughs> so, and our kids were like, you know, at that point, like you know, third and fifth grade. So he had a plan. And, um, and that's, that's what we did. Um, they, uh, because, you know, for if you're in, in the city, which we've always, you know, we've always been here, we raised our kids here, you know, your options, um, you know, for where you want to send your kids, you know, there are lots of, you know, nice private schools, but we're like, well, we live in the city, we live in the city for a reason, we want a diverse student body. You know, we want our kids to take the subway to school. So it was it was the perfect match for us. But I would really say that um, he was the guy who made the decision where my kids would go to school. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, he, he had it all sorted out early. He did. He absolutely did. And, and, you know, my husband and I both have, you know, pretty high powered jobs. And my brother was always he was always the go to. You know, he would take him to soccer practice and all that. So he was really invested in these boys. And he never had kids of his own, so um, that was that was his plan. So we gotcha. followed it. We followed it to the T. <laughs> That's good. So, can you talk a little bit about um, what your what your boys' experience was at the school, and kind of what you got to see as a parent um, mm -hmm. watching them go through the Arupe and then through the high school? Right. Um, you know, we we were really. Um, very pleased with the Rupe because it was a place where, you know, we had had boys in a, a co-ed school. And by this time they get to sixth grade with a lot of female teachers, they don't always understand sort of how to handle that sort of level of energy. It was one thing that we really think that, you know, BC High understood. They, BC High understands boys. And I will say that uh, Mr. Hamlet's one of my favorite people and that he really gets you know, six, you know, seventh and eighth grade boys, because they are, they are, you know, unto themselves. So um, from that perspective, you know, we had a, a very good, um, a very good experience. And, you know, both my husband and I are kind of, you know, we're older parents. So we were really kind of invested in, um, in, in the school. So we were really active. We were like, we were choir parents. We <laughs> sock, we baked in, you know, brownies for the soccer team. You know, we did all that. Um, because both of my boys did play soccer, they, they were in the choir because they, you know, they had to get their, you know, their cultural credit in and it actually turned out that they liked singing, which I was, had to say I was shocked at, but, um, so they, they stayed, you know, the whole time and we got to be, you know, good, good friends with Dr. Rosenberg. And actually I was a choir mom for a couple of years where we, I actually planned the trips to Europe that we went on. And so that was really fun and you get to meet other parents. So it's, it, it was great. But from the boys perspective, I think they really took advantage of, of, you know, sort of all of what BC High had to offer, whether it was, you know, the social justice things. They both were, you know, very active users of the Hyde Center. It's one of the things that, that you know, my husband and I, you know, loved about BC High. We're sort of a, a mixed cultural family. My husband um, is, is Persian. So um, the idea that our kids would be able to go to other cultures and, and meet kids from other places was, was wonderful. 
but secretly don't tell them, while it was great that they got to go to Tanzania and Argentina, we loved having those kids here. And so having them part of our family, they became part of our family. Our boys, you know, um, my, my youngest, Ariane, was in um, Spain last year for his junior year, uh, met up with his brother from Argentina who was traveling through Madrid. And, you know, so they stayed in touch and, you know, they, they WhatsApp each other and, you know, you know, both of my boys really, it really opened up their horizons. And, and how many high school kids get to go to Tanzania and form those types of relationships that they still have. So um, I, I think from that perspective, it was great. Certainly the academics um, were challenging to both of them. You know, they were really, you know, good students and worked really hard. And I think the work ethic was great. Um, and it really prepared them for, for college, um, which was wonderful, but a great story. And I'll probably get in trouble for telling this, but freshman year, my younger guy, uh, he's at Georgetown, um, was uh, his pre-med, um, was working, um, you know, in a, I guess it was, I don't know, it must have been chemistry or biology, right? it was chemistry, I think, and he was just like struggling with a lab report, so what did he do? He texted his chemistry teacher from BC High, <laughs> <laughs> can you help me? <laughs> I just forget how to write a lab report, I can't get <laughs> Okay, so I mean, those are the kinds of things that you know really um, make it memorable. And 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 my older guy, um, he had sort of a life-changing experience at um, at BC High, where his sophomore year he was um, diagnosed with type one diabetes. You know, there's no history in the family, nothing, and you know, and you know, he's like the skinniest kid you've ever seen, and he was, you know, he was you know, it was a forward on the soccer team. And it, it sort of crushed his life a little bit. So he ended up, you know, he was at Children's Hospital. And the next day, you know, guys show up from BC High and just like, okay, enough feeling sorry for yourself. Get your act together, you know. <laughs> We're here for you, but you know, you gotta just pull yourself up and let's get going. And, um, and he continued to play soccer his, you know, full four years. So, you know, it's those types of things that really make you love the school. How's, how's he doing nowadays? Um, he's great. He, um, he graduated from BC right. um, in 19. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's working here in Boston and, and doing just fine. Um, my younger guy is going to graduate Georgetown. Hopefully there's real graduation this year. And um, He's going to do his master's there in uh, global public health. So he's going to stay another year, but um, yeah. Very cool. But it's interesting, you know, they plan their vacations around their BC high friends, you know, like, okay, we're, <laughs> we're coming <laughs> over for Thanksgiving. What are we going to do? Yeah. Yep. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it is a brotherhood. And that was one thing that we wanted for them because being a teenage boy these days is not that easy. No, no. Um, I, I, I love that story about guys showing up the next day and saying, Oh yeah. I mean, it was got just, you, got you. And, and they were, you know, they were given tough love. I'll tell you, because <laughs> he didn't want to hear it from his parents, but boy, did it resonate when it's from your peers. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. That's a great story. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully your other son doesn't get in trouble about that lab report. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was interesting 
little encouragement, like you can do this. Remember, we have to start out with a hypothesis. (laughs) That's great. I love that. That's awesome. Um, So I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, about your your background and in your professional experience, mm-hmm. um, which I, I mean I'll be completely honest with you. And um, I looked at some of your professional background; it's very impressive. Um, and uh, so I guess um, I wanted to talk a little bit about. So you went you went to Georgetown just like your your younger son, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, being a Jesuit, yeah, we, we, we went full Jesuit. We, we yeah, started. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there was there anything in your experience at Georgetown that um, really made you feel, uh, you know, even more enthusiastic about Jesuit education for you know eventually your own right? Because that was really my first exposure, you know, as a student to Jesuit education. Right. You know, certainly, I'd seen it, you know, through my brother. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's the it's the it's the view of life. It's um, inviting others in. It really allows you, and I was at the School of Foreign Service, and again, the idea there is, you know, you're getting an international background, how you're dealing and viewing the world, the differences you have with others, and it, um, it, it gives you the tools on many levels, you know, whether it's business or spiritual or social, on really opening up the world to you and in sort of showing you your place in it. So I, I found it, it was a, it was a, a wonderful experience and, and that there were, you know, where very few places can you go where you have not only theology, but philosophy and sort of how those two marry up. Um, and there's still requirements at Georgetown today, which mm-hmm. is interesting 40 years later. So, um, it yeah it, it was the Jesuit philosophy and certainly there were a lot more Jesuits who were teaching then so mm-hmm. um, it was uh, it was a great experience. Very cool. Um, and you were in the Foreign Service School. Were you thinking mm-hmm. about becoming a, a diplomat originally? What were you, what was the it, that that was the plan? Um, and so I studied you know Arabic and French and I wanted to work in the Middle East. Um, but then, you know, certain things, you know, the Middle East kind of went through upheaval mm-hmm. and I actually ended up working. Um, my, my, my specialty was development economics. So um, I did end up working um, for a consulting firm here in Boston that did a lot of World Bank and AID work. So I actually did, you know, get to put that all to good use. Um, I probably my, my biggest failure was I married a guy from Iran who didn't speak Arabic, but spoke Farsi. <laughs> But, um, you know, but I, I learned Farsi, I, I struggled through. So um, anyway, so, it, but yeah, I think that made it much easier to have, you know, uh, a mixed cultural marriage and, you know, um, made, but it, it's just so opens the world to you. you yeah. know, you're, you're comfortable sort of on the world stage. And that was the one thing, you know, the gift that I think BC High gave to my boys through the Hyde Center that they, they are citizens of the world and that's how they view themselves. I mean, it, it definitely sounds like it. I mean, they're still traveling all over the place, meeting up with their, you know, <laughs> building connections around the world. That's right. great. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the work that you've done um, or that you're doing, I should say, mm-hmm. with PFM. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you've done a lot of work, um, it, you know, kind of around higher education and things right. like that. 
Um, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the work that you do with PFM and, and um, we'll, we'll kind of go from there, but uh, yeah, let's just start with that. Yeah. Well, we're, um, it's an, it's an interesting firm. We're sort of like the largest firm that nobody's ever heard of and we're financial advisors and we're, we operate in both, you know, state and local government and, um, and not-for-profits in, in higher education. And um, what we do is really sit with our clients to help them work through problems, whether it's um, financial, whether it's taking risk out of operations or on the balance sheet. Um, and so really we're an advisor that brings a perspective that a, you know, a financial management team might not have themselves. Mm -hmm. So in certainly in higher ed, we've been, you know, grappling with, you know, some of the challenges, certainly, you know, what's been going on with COVID, but also the fact that there are, you know, there are fewer 18 year olds than there were 10 years ago. So how, what does that mean for higher education? How do you deliver the best value? Um, are we going to have bricks and mortar campuses or are we going to be going, you know, is everything going to be virtual? I think after a year of everything being virtual, <laughs> I think we're pretty, you know, we, we've had enough of that. Um, <laughs> but it, it is interesting sort of imagining what higher education looks like in the next 10 years. So those are the types of things, you know, we're very much focused on the financial health of institutions. And, you know, that's a sort of a tool in the toolbox, I think I, I bring to the board. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we view ourselves as sort of thought partners with our, with our higher ed institutions. Mm -hmm. I can I can hear the um, your some of your consulting background working its way <laughs> into how you talk yeah. about your job. Mm -hmm. um, I you you're giving me two great segues in there that I wanted to kind of build off mm -hmm. of. I was um, I was going to save this for a little later, but I think this is a great place to kind of go with it. You talked about kind of what does higher education look like going forward. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could just kind of give your thoughts on not only with respect to um, you know, the challenges around COVID and the remote stuff that you touched on. Uh, but also, you know, we, there's conversations around student debt. You know, we see a lot of these um, tuition reliant schools maybe running into fi some financial trouble. What, what do you see kind of as the next chapter of higher ed, maybe in and around Massachusetts and New England? Well, certainly I think in, in, it's been interesting in Massachusetts, you know, there was a time when no one could, envision a higher education institution failing. Yeah. And I think, I think that has changed. I think we're looking at um, institutions, you know, who may be challenged with enrollment, who are smaller, needing to think about alliances. And, you know, maybe, you know, we've seen some mergers. I don't think that's the last of it. Um, I think it also puts pressure um, and, and I'll probably have some angry clients here, but I mean, higher education institutions have been slow to change. Mm -hmm. And I think changes come at them very quickly. Um, there are, you know, some challenges with just the way that they're, they're structured. I mean, tenure is a very unusual structure to see in employment. We don't see it in other sectors. Um, you know, a lifetime appointment short of the Supreme Court, you don't really get. So I, I think there are going to be ways in which institutions have to be smarter about how they operate and, and they have to bring faculty along to be creative. 
Um, and certainly um, where that has happened, we've seen a lot of innovation. So I think um, higher ed's been sort of slow to the party, but you know they're having to respond relatively quickly. And this this pandemic has certainly been you know an opportunity for people to try things um, that they wouldn't probably otherwise have done. And it, it may actually have turned out to be a benefit. This has been a very difficult year for most places because there hasn't been, um, with a couple exceptions, and Boston actually has done better than most for having in-person instruction, but a lot of it's been um, remote. And how do you have students feel engaged in an institution if they're looking at a screen all day in their bedroom? Um, so I think this, this next year, will certainly um, provide some interesting insight into how, how to re-engage with students and how you know, certainly to make them feel that um, their investment in education is worth what we're charging them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I wanna transition a little bit after that and talk a little bit about um, you know, you coming onto the board last fall, kind of what was what was the process like for you coming onto the board um, and how has it been since you came onto the board and, and uh, um, you know, what, you know, how, what, what's that experience been like? Well, it's, you know, it, it's been exciting. It, well, it was exciting and a little bit um, disheartening from the fact that when I was originally approached, um, you know, they said, well, you know, the whole board, um, top half of the board is, <laughs> is changing. And so there's going to be a whole new crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still like, Ooh, you know, you, you wouldn't mind being the, the, the only new kid on the block, but there's going to be lots of new kids on the block. Um, but it's also a really interesting time. And um, I had actually met Father McFarland, um, who's the, the chairman of the board, when he was president of Holy Cross, because Holy Cross is a client of ours. So um, there was a little bit of a, a, a piece there. Um, and, and I'll say as a segue, you know, we, we are financial advisors to a lot of Jesuit colleges. So, you know, we sort of continue the, our Jesuit mantra there. But um, I also work with a lot of boards um, mm-hmm. in my business. So I know, you know, what the, the charter is and what really they're, they're charged with. And this is just for me at BC High, this is a very interesting time. There's a lot of um, a lot of change and we're sort of, um, there are a lot of challenges, but I think at the same time with a, a new board um, you know, and a, a younger board of really motivated um, people, it, it's, it's been really um, invigorating. The conversations are, are quite interesting and it's just been a really good group to work with. So I, I have been you know, really pleased by, uh, by the folks that I'm, I'm meeting through it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, the, the list of folks is incredible. So it, I, it is incredible. I have to say I'm very humbled because, you know, the rest of the board is, is quite accomplished. So. Oh, stop. You are too. Come on now. Um, so I, you, you touched on this a little earlier when I, when I said mm-hmm. you gave me two great segues that I want to kind of bring back into the conversation mm-hmm. now. Um, you, you mentioned that you, um, you bring, you bring some of obviously what you're doing with PFM in that experience mm-hmm. and, you know, all of the work that you've been doing in, in the higher education space and, and, and otherwise um, to the board. Um, how, how do you see your experience 
manifesting itself? And what what kind of role and um, vision are you kind of bringing to the board and, and you kind of hope to see over the next, um, and to hope to help, I guess I should say, over the next, you know, couple of years or, or um, you know, well, you know, certainly, you know, we want to make sure that um, BC High is on a, a really strong footing financially. Mm-hmm. And, and I will uh, give a shout out to the, the current team at BC High. You know, I've been working with Michael Hoyle and, and his team. Fabulous. You know, mm-hmm. really, um, really strong credentials and are really taking a very, you know, Michael came from higher ed. Um, mm-hmm. And so... He's he's knows those challenges and he's bringing sort of those tools to BC High of really looking at and questioning you know everything that's being done. Is there a better way to do it? Is there a more efficient way to do it? Should we think about you know another approach? Which I think is is great. You can't continue to do things the way we did ten years ago. It's just it's it's that is not a uh, that's not a winning strategy. So from that perspective, you know we think about. Um, taking risk off the table, certainly in the the financial um, area. But I think we're also thinking about what what does BC High look like 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. And how do we put the institution on the right path to be able to, you know, to meet the challenges that we know are coming? Mm -hmm. Um, There's, you know, there will be changing, you know, teaching models. There will be um, changing attitudes about you know, do you want to pay for high school or college? And you know, I think even looking at the, the student body, um, you know, certainly the past year has been challenging, you know, for all of America in thinking about how we think about race and how we think about the changing demographics of our country. I think, you know, we're speaking about that at the board as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we want a BC high boy to look like 10 years from now? Who will he be? And how can we best prepare to give him the best educational experience? So those are all, I think, important questions that are being asked at the board level, because I think we have to set a bit of the tone um, in helping management think about how to meet those challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the, my, my, my last question, I wanna be respectful of your time. I know you have another commitment. So. Oh, that's, that's fine. They, they know I'm going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I wanted to ask just a, a couple of, of final questions. And, and I, I always try and ask this, um, uh, you, you know, folks that I talk to. Sometimes I forget, frankly, but I'm remembering today. <laughs> I'm having a lucid day, which is great. Um, I, the first question I want to ask is, um, what can um, the other kind of stakeholders in our community uh, do to be helpful to the school and the board right now? Uh, and, you know, alumni, students, parents, you know, a- a- anybody that, that might listen to this podcast, um, what, what can we do? You know, you mentioned that BCI is in a time of a little bit of change right now. What can we all do to be most helpful to, to the board and to the school? I think to be engaged. So we want to hear certainly from alumni, um, you know, what their vision is for the school, for the boys who are there now, from the faculty, from parents, um, because I think that gives us the best overall view of where we are and where we need to be. And so I think, you know, so if you, if you get a survey, if there's a parents' night, make sure that you go for alumni, 
you know, check in and um, because we do want to hear um, from, you know, what were the things that you cherish and we need to bring forward and what are the things, you know, we, we could lose. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it's having the whole BC High community come together to ask the question, where do we need to, you know, where do we want to take the school in the next 10 years? That's, that's very helpful. I, I appreciate that. And anybody who's listening, I hope you heard, get engaged, get in, let's, you know, let's have these conversations. Let's be a part of the next chapter. Um, you know, to the extent that anybody actually listens to me, I'm encouraging you all to do that, um, which I can't even get my kids to listen to me. So um, who knows how much help I'll be, but, <laughs> but um, let's get engaged. Let's, let's, let's be a part of this. Um, the, the last question I wanted to ask you, and there's, there's kind of two prongs to this question. I, I'd love to hear uh, any advice that you might have um, for current BC High students who are in the school, kind of going through their own, uh, you know, uh, BC High experience, whether they're in the Arupe division or all up in the high school. Um, I'd love to hear your advice for them, but on, on two, two separate tracks, um, uh, number one, as someone who has been very successful as a professional, um, what advice would you give to someone in terms of, you know, building their career and starting in high school and thinking ahead? Um, and then also as, as a parent of, of uh, two boys who have gone through the school, <laughs> maybe from their story, what, would you, what advice would you impart um, either on the students or maybe even their parents? Um, okay, so the, the first one, what would I say to boys? I was, and it, it's, you know, it's not something that they don't hear every day, get outside of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. try things. Um, you know, high school is fabulous because it's kind of the last chance you get to really try everything. You know, you may, you may try and fail, but then, okay, but then you did it. Cause there's, you know, it's, it's a pretty forgiving time. It gets, it gets harder and more expensive if you make those mistakes in college. And yeah, I, I had a, a college classmate, you know, who went to law school, then he went to business school and then he was thinking about med school. That gets expensive, right? So try, try those things, you know, in high school, you know, and, and you just, you just don't know. I mean, I, I will honestly say as a parent, I never would have thought my younger guy would be majoring in the, um, the biology of global health. He was a guy I thought was gonna be uh, an English major or a lawyer, you know? And it turns out he wanted to be a doc. And, and part of it is, um, you know, he's always the struggle that his brothers went, you know, his brother went through um, with diabetes and things and really got interested in medicine, mm -hmm. you know, go figure. Never was it, you know, and he had an opportunity. This was sort of nice at BC High where um, they have, and I think it's, it's still in play, a program where it's um, an affiliation with Harvard Medical School where they're trying to get kids interested in, you know, in STIA. So um, he did a semester of anatomy and physiology taught by somebody at Harvard Medical School. And, you know, he was, he was you know, giving injections to oranges, his junior year in high school, you know? <laughs> learning to suture things, you know, it's great, you know, what a, what a great experience. And again, try it. And, and he was, he was captivated. So I think it, it is really to do that. And then the other thing is, you know, BC High has such a great alumni, you know, um, family 
you know, if you think you're interested in something, reach out, you know, because I, I can't imagine that if anybody got a call from a boy at PC High, that they wouldn't talk all day long about what they were doing and how they got there. And um, I think those are, are just fabulous resources, um, you know, and it's, it, it's a good way to do it. But get outside of your comfort zone because you may find out that you really, you really do like um, something that's never on the radar screen. Yeah. So. Well, that's great. I thank you very much um, for that and, and for taking time out of your schedule today. Um, this was excellent. I had a lot of fun talking to you. So I, yeah, I, no, this is, this has been really fun. I really appreciate it, Rick. This is great. Well, thank you so much. Um, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Uh, and thank you for all the work that you do with BC High. Alumni, parents, students, everybody, you heard her, get engaged. You know, let's do this. Um, thanks again, June. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rick. That wraps up this episode of Back to the Point and this installment of Back to the Board with June Maddie. Um, just a kind of closing anecdote that uh, June wanted me to share. Um, we didn't get to talk about it while we were recording, but, um, you know, her brother, who was a member of the class of 1961, passed away. Uh, and when he passed away, you know, quite unexpectedly, um, BC High was uh, more than willing uh, to accommodate the family's request to have his funeral services uh, in the chapel uh, at on campus. And she wanted me to share that because um, not only did it feel very full circle to um, her and her family, um, that her brother would be um, celebrated, that his life would be celebrated in Loyola, um, but she also wanted me to share it because um, it's just a testament to to uh, the school and its dedication to uh, its community members um, and uh, and how long that lasts and uh, how deeply it runs. So, um, thank you for sharing that uh, with me, June, and and thank you for letting me share that with the folks who are listening. Um, Thank you also, June, for taking time out of your schedule to, to sit down with me and share your story. Uh, I really enjoyed it and I'm so grateful that uh, we were able to find time to talk. Uh, thank you to Michael Bryan, who helped put all this together and who just continues to crush it when it comes to um, bringing on guests, helping me... Uh, Helping me, you know, get the podcast recorded and and uh, working the Zoom side of things. So thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you to the fairy pod mother, Kristen Brophy, who just continues to be a wizard in all things that she does with this podcast. So grateful to her. Um, and I'm grateful to all of you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining again. Um, we'll be back soon with another guest. Until then, 